Good morning and welcome to the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and pensionsprachschule.de. Good morning. A few weeks ago we spoke to Matthew Wood and he's come back to join us again in the park. Morning. Morning. And we were wondering, because you said that you came from England here at an early age, yeah. how you learnt your German, at what age you were first confronted with having to speak German. Mm-hmm. So. Um, well, I came over here with my parents when I was about four years old. My parents got a job teaching at Franklin International School. Um, and at four I was too young to enter um, kindergarten in Frankfurt International School, but because both of my parents were teaching, they decided to put me in a local German kindergarten, um, along with all the German kids, and it was pretty hard for me at first, from what I remember, because I didn't speak any German at that time. But being immersed in the language at a young age, I think, really helped me pick things up quick, because the Germans were also at a young age, so they were still picking German up as well, so Mm. what they picked up, I tended to pick up as well. Um, and through the friends I made at the kindergarten, I'd also spend some time with them at their houses, where their parents would talk German to me mm-hmm. as well. So, really being immersed from a very young age helped me a great deal, I think. Yeah. So Frankfurt International has a kindergarten as well? Well, uh, they do now. They started there about three years ago. They created oh, okay. a program called... <laughs> No, but it's not a kindergarten. I mean, you know, you start school at the age of four. That's when you start pre-primary. And then when you're five, you go into primary. Uh It's not kindergarten, per se. And now, about three years ago, they started a program called First Steps. Okay. So that's for three-year-olds, but Uh that's only part-time. So guess what? when you came, they didn't have that pre-primary program yet for four-year-olds. No, they just had the straight primary. Right, primary, starting as a five, so they they do add on and things expand as everything does it else. So you did did German kindergarten until you were six? Until, no, just for the one year. Just the one year. Yeah, from what I remember. (laughs) But it's just for the one year and then after that into FIS, separate. Well, like I said, one year must have been really beneficial, your pronunciation, it's like a native speaker. I mean, the early (laughs) listening comprehension and, you know, is... The earlier you start, of course, the better it is. Exactly, exactly. The older you get, the harder it is to learn languages. Mm-hmm. My parents will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Do your parents speak any German? Have they picked it up as much as you have? No, not at all. Well, they do <laughs> live in an English environment. That's, that's the problem. I think my mom has lived here longer than me now. Mm-hmm. Because when I went to university, when I moved to New Zealand for a while, my mom was here for the whole time. But because... It is an English-speaking environment in the international school because at home we have, you know, English TV. They don't watch German TV mm-hmm. because they don't have German friends outside of it. They never really have the use to, mm. to use a German. So she'll she'll say she can understand things, but <laughs> that's true. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she can get by. I yeah. think. Yeah. So, and how did you find, you know, learning that first language? Was mm-hmm. it? trying for you or did you enjoy it because you lived in Germany it's yeah. not just you know let's say living in the UK and taking Spanish like three lessons a week I mean here you could really use it did you see immediate results then when you went shopping to the supermarket <laughs> yeah yeah it was I think it was really beneficial for me to be immersed in it from the start and because um, I've always played football since I was a young kid as well so mm-hmm. I started playing football for the German team as well, so F-Jugend or maybe before that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, all the kids on the football team are German as well. So through sports, you know, I also picked up the language and the language helped me play sport better as well. And it was something I was always into. 
And then later on, when I was about seven, I started taking guitar lessons. Mm -hmm. And then my teacher was German for mm -hmm. guitar lessons as well. So by finding interests, you know, that were things that really interested me, um, and then finding people who could teach me in German or just clubs like a football, you know, that also really helped my, my German to improve as well by doing something that I really enjoyed doing. Yeah, of course, when you connect the two. This is what I sometimes tell students when they get tired of, say, grammar study, you know, at the Volkshochschule, you know, adults, yeah, yeah. for example. I tell them, you know, yeah, you can go back to the Volkshochschule, but don't take, you know, the advanced course in mm -hmm. grammar, like for some kind of proficiency test. Mm -hmm. You know, take Ikebana lessons with a bunch of German women. Yeah. Or yeah. Cook, French what, cooking. What, what lessons? Oh, I'm sorry, Ikebana, which means flower arrangement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, anyway, when I got my teaching certificate for ESL, I had to write a thesis on the difference between studying and acquiring a language. So mm -hmm. it sounds like you probably put more into acquiring the language on the outside. So, and what about your studies, you know, when it comes to tests? How were your grades then? Um, my grades? <laughs> well, like you said, I was more acquiring it, so mm -hmm. I wasn't really studying it. So my grades were never up at the top. They were always pretty mediocre. Oh, yeah, so. Yeah, but I think it was definitely easy for me to acquire a language because mm. it was something I enjoyed whereas sitting down with a textbook and studying it and learning it off by heart was something I've never really got used to doing yeah. and that was hard for me and I think it's true with most things if you don't have an interest in doing it you're not going to learn it effectively whereas I had an interest in doing sport and stuff and then part of the sport was learning German as well mm -hmm. or part of playing guitar was learning German as well you know it, it was going to be in a more effective way of me learning the language rather than just sitting down with a book and you know, learning it like anyone else who didn't have contact with Germans would have done. So, so I imagine your soccer lingo is pretty extensive, <laughs> you know, I mean, even to the, maybe the cussing part. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> my grammar's still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, well, you know, besides, of course, living in the host country where mm -hmm. you learn the language, is there anything else that you could say that really benefited it, your language learning? I mean, picking up sports, of course, which mm -hmm. you like, musical instrument, uh, l having local friends. Yeah. Did you have any, I mean, there are Germans attending the school, but mm -hmm. did you have any real local friends? Do you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. like neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, when I was a kid, um, we used to live in Augustaden, um, and there there's not too many people from from the international school that live down there, as I remember. Um, so our next door neighbours were all German, and luckily there was a couple of kids my age as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd play with them, and then I did have a couple of German friends in international school as well. Um, and then from them, they would introduce me because they were German and mm. they'd grown up in this place. They would introduce me to their friends, and then also through football, you'd make more German friends like that. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I think I think it was a really good idea to, to pick up German friends and not just, you know, have the three lessons every right, week in, right. in class. Because, you know, in, in class you're being taught what the teacher wants you to teach, whereas on the outside in the real world you can talk about what you want to talk about. You can talk about things that are interesting to you, mm. and therefore you'd learn the accompanying vocabulary, you know, mm. the way to say things, you know, because... It, there's a distinct difference as well, like around here, where they speak Hessisch or 
in, in Urzul. They have their mm. own dialect and stuff like that. So we we bubbled this. Yeah. 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 Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> um whereas in school you'd kinda of be taught the Hochdeutsch. Right. And if yeah, to be around here, if you if you speak the lingo a little bit more people are gonna accept you as being okay, he's not an outsider, he's mm. more one of us, so he can speak like we do. He's alright. Mm. Kind of thing. Whereas if you go around speaking in Hochdeutsch the whole time, people are going to think, okay, it's a little bit. Mm. Yeah, he's an outsider a little right. bit more. And so, what is generally the reaction like in England or in Japan when you tell people? Of course, not only you're a native speaker of English, but you also can speak German fluently. Don't they all say, um, mutskashi, or it's so <laughs> difficult, or like, what about the grammar? Don't you get some stories like, yeah, I took you know German in high school, but I've forgotten yeah. everything, and yeah, it's it's, it's a common thing. Um, when when people find out about that, they all think, wow, this guy must be really intelligent. But yeah, you're genius, right? Yeah, it's not the case, I assure you. Long way off yet. Um, yeah, and you always get people saying, well, you know, people who study it in Japan and stuff, oh, I studied a bit of German or even yeah. I studied a bit of English. But the thing that the problem for them was, like I was saying before, is they were learning it in a secluded environment. So they weren't able to you know, come into contact with maybe English speakers or German speakers every day and be, you know, completely surrounded by them. And in, in, um, I think that makes a big difference where just learning it in the classroom, you know, you're always going to have the opportunity to mess around with your mates, you know, not fully pay attention if you don't have a real burning desire to learn the language, whereas here you have no choice, you know, being around here, either, you know, you learn the language, you sink or swim, so to speak, whereas... Yeah. Well, you only be order, able to order beer. I'm beer the day. Well, some people do leave the country, you know, and they only manage to yeah. say at least they say I'm beer the day. Yeah, I, th I think that's that's bad though. For me, I don't think that's good. And, you know, if you're coming to another place and you're living in someone else's country, the least you can do is try and learn their language and converse with them. Mm. I think people, sh you know, should really try and pick up something. I mean, through the language, you're also going to pick up the cultural aspects of a country. I think, I don't know, if you're living in someone else's country, you kind of have an obligation to do these kind of things. So, did, did you get to the stage where your parents were sort of sending you to get train tickets or book a hotel room or something? Did still, you get to still German? the same. They still do? Still the same. <laughs> Every time the car breaks down or something, it will be a three-way conversation. The mechanic to me, me to my dad, my dad to me, me to the mechanic. Oh man, so I, could, I guess I can put that down on my CV on the translator. <laughs> yeah, right. Interpreter and translator yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Well, what, what are you going to do when you go to Japan? Yeah, going to struggle, I think. They'll find someone well, else. I'll tell your mom she yeah. can call me either. Mary? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got some new customers there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was especially hard because we used to live down down south in München. Uh-huh. Um, the the Bayerisch just oh, down gosh, there. Oh, yeah, gosh, yes. But again, um, I joined the football team as soon as I got down there, I joined the football team and it went from being completely incomprehensible, mm -hmm. not understanding a word, to slowly picking things up and then... Like Grüezi. Grüezi. Grüezi miteinander. Yeah. Who's God and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, and then by the end of it, I could understand, you know, a good 80% of, of the mm. Bajas, what people were speaking was, you know, my family. They <laughs> Oh yeah, they were still lagging behind, of course. Yeah, a little bit. Case. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, going from German to Bavarian, that's yeah. a big step. That's almost like going to Swiss German or yeah. halfway Dutch or something, you know, yeah. of course. 
Yeah, we had some of my friends from around here who, who speak, you know, Hessisch and that. They come down to Bayern and they couldn't understand half of mm. it. So even for them, who are German, you had to translate a bit for them as well when they couldn't understand the words. So. Yeah, you have to speak your subtitles in yeah. conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely difficult. But again, I put that down to, you know, coming into contact with the local community there, mm. playing sports, and then from sports making the friends, going out and, you know not encouraging anyone to drink but you go out drinking with yeah, people yeah, right. any young kids listen to this you, when you go out drinking with people you know it's tense you throw off all your inhibitions you're not as uptight about things you tend to talk a little bit more freely you're not afraid to try words that you think might be wrong mm-hmm. and people aren't afraid to correct you either right. you know it kind of takes that edge off it a little bit so yeah, in moderation, yeah, in like, moderation, like maybe once a week or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was normally after a football match, ah, if, yeah. if we won. <laughs> yeah. So these 15 years of, you know, learning German are beneficial now for your future job too, that you're going to start um, next month in August sometime? Yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah, well, so. They did, did, did they hire you also to teach some German? Yeah. So that was a bonus for them, or yeah, a bonus so for you? I think, I think so. Um... I hope so. Like I say, my, my speaking is a lot better than my grammar, so mm-hmm. I hope I don't have to teach much grammar. Well, I, I do have some good grammar books that if you let you borrow them oh before gosh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking to some of my German mates yesterday um, about my job, um, and then when they found out that I had to teach German <laughs> in Japan, they just started laughing and said, the poor kids, <laughs> they've got no chance, it's finished already. So, mm, hopefully I'll just... The good thing about it is I'm not there to teach the class by myself. I'm yeah. more of an aide, so there will be a Japanese-German teacher, and I'll just be there to yeah, as help an out aid, a little bit. We used to call it like being a... a what was it? Like a... Language assistant. Yeah. yeah. No, like a live language recorder or something. That's yeah. what we called it. Like, because you're there to pronounce things and to be the real thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Which... Yeah, it has its up and down sides. On the upside, I get to go to Japan again, mm. and then from this, you know, hopefully be a stepping stone to something a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, the English is proper teaching, or that's an assistant as well? That would be the same thing. Same so thing. you're pretty much wheeled out in class, from what I've heard. From what I've heard, you're wheeled out in class and say, okay, tape recorder time, read this off the way right. it should be read. Yes. But I hope, you know, it's not all like that. I think a lot of things that I've read... Um, online about people who have been on the JET program and they say, yeah, you know, it wasn't a good experience, I was just used as this tape recorder and everything. I think, you know, that might be in part down to the fact that they don't speak Japanese and they can't communicate better and maybe explain to people, I don't think this is an effective way of students learning. You know, whereas if you had the Japanese language skills as well, you can maybe broach the subject in, you know, a cautious way. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, although this is the way you've done something for a long time, I think it would be more effective in student learning if maybe you changed it a little mm-hmm. bit and maybe put those ideas forward. Was, but, you know, you know, when young foreigners come and they try to give some advice, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that from when my husband was in the JET program, he never volunteered any advice. Yeah just respecting their style yeah. with the senior teacher and all that. But some of these senior teachers felt threatened by this gaijin, by this young foreigner walking in and yeah. having all these great ideas and being, <laughs> being innovative and creative. And they, they would, you know, fear losing their jobs or being oh, put on the spot because basically what I had observed in the English lesson in Japan, mm-hmm. you don't really speak any English. The whole class was conducted in Japanese. 
explaining the grammar in Japanese, and the only English you heard was when a kid was called upon to read the text. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. other than that, you only heard Japanese. So I always thought it was great for my Japanese, you know, learning <laughs> when I observed, you know. So all different teaching methods, but they're getting away with that. That's why they created these two programs, yep. JET, the Japanese Exchange Teaching Program, because. But even though that's a misnomer, there's no exchange. No, not really. Yeah. And the program that you're joining is called? Interact. Interact. Wow, okay. Interact. Yeah, and it's similar to JET. So. It's, it's pretty similar because it's only for yeah, teaching aids or teaching mm -hmm. assistants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to give you the whole responsibility for... No. Yeah, I guess the parents wouldn't like it because the kids have to... Mm -hmm. Pass that school year exactly. with that knowledge to take that entrance examination, and they might be afraid that we foreigners teach them too many practical mm -hmm. th things, or songs, or wasting our time. Exactly. So yeah, there is that side to it, um, and also with these two programs, you're going to be teaching in a real Japanese school. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be teaching in just an English language school where you teach conversational English. You have to teach, you know, high school students, which is I know, quite a big thing as mm -hmm. well. Whereas in the English language schools, you just teach people who have an interest in yeah. learning it in their own free time. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is compulsory education, so yeah, you, you do have to respect yeah. the way it's, it's carried out over there. Yeah, I guess it, it somehow, I mean, yeah, it works for them, but uh, mm -hmm. of course we always find things that we can improve. It doesn't exactly. matter to what country we go to, you know. Exactly, there's always ways of improving. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I... I I do enjoy, I mean, living in a foreign country, this is what I would like to do. I yeah. mean, I've been here now for 12 years. I would like to move to a different country and pick up another language again. Yep. I'm not afraid of learning it either. Ah, Ever since good. I mastered, not mastered, but I mastered the stepping stones of Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started uh, studying Korean. Yeah? Yeah. The mm. same way, because, see, when you learn Japanese once, mm -hmm. it can't really get any worse than learning hiragana, katakana, kanji, yep. then, and the Korean is fairly simple, they only have one syllable, yep. so, it's like, well, that must be, you know, a piece of cake. Yeah, so, and you get a real good feeling after it as well, feeling that you can converse with someone from a different mm -hmm. culture, and different place, and, yeah, I, I like that feeling, the fact that. You know, if if you talk their language, you're going to learn a lot more about them, about their culture, about their country, than if you were conversing in English or mm -hmm. a language that was foreign to them, because they might not be able to explain things as much as they want. Mm. And again, with with cultural side of it, there are words that are specific to culture, especially right. in Japanese. Mm -hmm. And if you don't learn Japanese, you won't learn these cultural words, and you won't know the importance that right. you know that these words have in the culture. Yeah. And did that ever happen to you, like in your early years of German, you would go someplace, order something in German, mm -hmm. maybe with a slight accent, or you used the wrong word, and people would answer in English? Would, that, yeah. would you find that annoying, or what's your reaction? Um, it really depends sometimes, because it's happened in Germany, it's happened in Japan as well. Mm -hmm. um, and if, well, if they pick up on the fact that you're maybe not a native speaker, or not German, or not obviously not Japanese, <laughs> and they do answer in English, sometimes I get annoyed because I think, oh, come on, I'm trying to trying mm. to use your language here. Why can't you just help me, you know, and speak back to me in Japanese and help me improve? But on the other hand, you know, I think they're being respectful. They're trying to help me out by using my language, and That's I'm sure true, that yeah. they, they want to practice, practice they, they their practice foreign. They practice in German. Yeah, I was just going to say, can you ignore it and just continue in the language that you're using, or will you tend to kind of like, 
Okay, yeah. well, yeah, I think they want to practice their English or whatever, you know. Yeah, again, it will really depend on the person and the mood mm. that, that I'm in. I mean, sometimes if, if they practice their English, or like especially in Japan, when they answer back in English, mm-hmm. they just have a little laugh and they say, oh, your English is good, okay, mm-hmm. and then, you know, just speak a bit of English too. Oh, yeah, okay, so it's just a nice gesture. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah I, I, it depends. It, 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 a lot of... <laughs> They answer in English, which is worse. Or oh, these days, anyway. But at the beginning, they would answer in English that was worse than my German. So I'm like, okay, oh, you, you carry on in your English. I'll carry on in my German. And we'll understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Times change. I mean, these days, I'd perhaps give them my card and offer them lessons. But uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all all kinds of ways to you know when you confront culture and language. I mean, mm-hmm. was there anything that you remember as an outstanding event? where you really learned a lot or do you remember the first time you dreamt in German or the first time you dreamt in Japanese? I remember the first yeah. time I dreamt in Japanese, yeah. I can't remember but apparently I always talk in German in my dreams. Yeah. I shout out in German at so I'm told ah, yeah. that I dream predominantly in German, <laughs> See, <laughs> which is strange. Yeah, that, that alone should show somebody that, you know, yeah. you're really taking it in. Yeah. Uh, I was 19, 19. But apparently I started talking in my sleep in German. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. And recently it started in Japanese as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I remember shouting some weird stuff. Know, first time I had a dream, I was carrying on a full conversation in Japanese, yeah. in my dream. Oh. And I woke up, you know, I said, I, I do remember, I mean, I have the words what I said, but I don't know if I can get them back together again, they sounded so fluently. Yeah. So I thought, well, I think that was like a bit of a sign that I was, you know, on my way. I mean, just on my way. Yeah, it definitely, definitely shows it's in your subconscious, yeah, then, right. right? Right. And then you can bring it out in your dreams. Mm-hmm. It must be in your brain. You can bring it out some other time as well. Hopefully. Right. With the help of beer. <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, you know, Japan and Germany both are great beer drinking countries. So yeah. your language skills should improve very <laughs> fast. Exactly. Exactly. Um. <coughs> Okay, Matt. Well, it was good seeing you again. Yeah. Do you think we'll see you again before you leave August 14th? Um, yeah, maybe. Hopefully I'll be around working up at school for a bit, trying to make some money. Ah, yeah, okay. So they'll keep you busy there and out yeah, of trouble. Practicing my German as well. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> make work fun and learn a lot. Yeah. That's kind of like your preparation for your <laughs> job too, yeah? Exactly. Although maybe you'll be our first telephone interview. Yeah? When you're in Japan. Okay. Okay, Okay, sounds good. All right. So, any questions on what you've heard today, then go to the form on www.themondaypodcast.com forward slash form, and uh, we'll answer anything we get in there. Okay. Right. All right. Okay, be back next week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. This was the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and pensionsprachschule.de. For more information, visit www.themondaypodcast.com. Responsible for the content, Graham Tappenden and Maria Shipley, 61440 Oberursel, Germany.